Grace Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. Mm. It's a blessing to be here with you today. Thank you for taking some time to to listen in as we seek to connect the Sundays, and uh, we have a chance to uh, hear a, a member interview uh, here in just a little bit. But Brent, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. You know, I just had, uh, we don't get any sponsorship for any local restaurants, but I just had El Jaliente. <laughs> Good stuff, hit the spot, <laughs> and uh, so I am charged up, ready to go here. Uh, it was a good Sunday last week uh, to yeah. be uh, just a real blessing. You know, uh, I really didn't actually plan to talk about this too much, but uh, you know, ministry can be tiring at different seasons. And to mm-hmm. be able to have Jeff come in uh, after we had had several funerals these last the last week or week or two, uh, we actually scheduled uh, him. We were, we got connected really quick uh, from when he when I first came, and he reached out to me, and <laughs> we've had some great conversations together. And so around on May or June, he said he was going to be coming through town and uh, October 10th and asked to, you know, didn't ask to be able to preach, but just said, hey, I'll be around. I'd love to be able to connect. And uh, as you know, we've not actually taken, besides Advent, which we'll do again this year, take a, a pause from our Exodus series. We've not really taken a break from any series. We just keep walking through the next text. And mm-hmm. as he was looking at that, he knew he was going to be traveling. This is the, the last stop and that three-week tour. He said, I, I really, it's going to be hard for me to get a to get ahead on where we're going to be at uh, in Exodus and and pick up the same tone. And so, uh, but I do have a sermon that uh, I've been, you know, that I have been working on, on God's purpose. They're always seeking God working through all these things. Mm-hmm. And so as I was outlining and thinking through Exodus as well, fitting so well with the plagues of how the Lord works missionally, intentionally, even through the judgments, the blessings and the curses that we see, even in the Old Testament, accomplishes promises. And so I scheduled him. We scheduled him to October 10th, several months ago. And, uh, of course, we've had uh, several uh, beloved church members pass away here recently. Mm-hmm. So emotionally, I was, you know, physically feel great, but emotionally uh, really a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I remember just after after service on the 3rd, going home and almost just kind of laughing at God's timing to give a week of, uh, you know, do meetings and do other things, but to be able to have a Sunday to, uh, to be able to rest in that way and a Saturday mm-hmm. that comes with it then was real sweet. So I was really charged up. Uh, you know, it was a sweet, sweet day and grateful for Jeff and Mary and they're coming down. And I just left really encouraged by the the musical worship. I'm just the, the whole totality of the day. We've had several visiting families with us at Grace, several folks moving here from different places, which mm-hmm. has been exciting. Uh, but then just to see several of our uh, normal uh, members, it was just a sweet thing to be able to engage each other around the room. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great Sunday. We um, we actually had a, a couple that is fairly new to the church that had gone to a church that uh, Jeff and Mary had That's been right. supported by. It was so interesting. They're like, whoa, Jeff Townsend's here? And, and they had known them for decades, that apparently. That is wild. That yeah, was, was incredible. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. This Sunday was was really sweet um, to to sing together and um, to, to just be with our folks. Um, I'm always blown away how people linger and talk and share uh, time together. Um, just enjoying one another is, uh, is a blessing. So uh, so coming up this Sunday, uh, what do we have going on? We're jumping back into Exodus. That's so right. Gonna We're going to be handling a, a whole juicy chapter, Exodus chapter 10, <laughs> verse 1 through 29. Uh, and I've entitled this sermon uh, as we overview this chapter is is uh, that you may tell your grandkids. Hmm. Uh, we get into these judgments of God, these plagues, which literally these strikes upon Egypt. And what we see is that God works purpose. God has a missional purpose for tomorrow through His judgments He displays today. 
Mm. And that's what the Lord gives Moses. Uh, he didn't have to, but he gives an insight to Moses and there into all of his people through time. All that read the book of Exodus see a number of the purposes that God has worked in the plagues. And what we'll see is like a big giant, you imagine not a little pebble, but a giant stone landing into the water, splashing, <laughs> and that the judgments of God that he pours out upon these people that curse Israel, uh, and we'll talk more about that the following week, uh, the blessings and the cursings, but the judgment of God is so big upon them, so great, that not only does it work out with missional purposes you know, horizontally going out into the pagan lands and they develop a fear of God, but it goes generationally. And that's what the Lord makes clear here, that they're charged to, to pass on these words of the judgment of God, that, that his people may know him hmm. and that they may worship him. So there's a chronological component of uh, what God has done here will impact the hearts of children not yet born grandkids that are not yet born to this generation, which is significant because these people don't know it yet, but that generation is going to die in the wilderness. Hmm. But they're charged with discipling and pouring in the message of God's judgment into the following generation that they would be blessed. And that's a charge. We're gonna, you better believe we're going to make a lot of applications into God's call upon us as a church to take seriously, uh, not as a last second ministry, but take seriously discipling the youngest, uh, evangelizing them, you could say, sharing the gospel with them, mm -hmm. training them appropriately, as you say, catechizing, teaching with questions and answers. As a matter of fact, I know Thursday, that's what you're going to be sharing with our men's study at 630 in the morning, how to read the Bible, uh, have family worship together. Uh, and this is a charge we see here early on in Exodus chapter 10. So it really happens in God's story much earlier than we would expect, but the missional purposes that we see coming out of it. Uh, one other application that I want to get in without preaching the whole sermon uh, <laughs> will be that uh, that the Lord deserves worshipers to serve Him how He pleases. Hmm. Uh, so as Pharaoh is going through this negotiation back and forth with God, uh, or with Moses, uh, God's deliverer that He's using for Israel, uh, he gets to the point then where he's like, all right, y'all can leave, but you got to leave your cattle. <laughs> you leave, but keep leave your cattle here. Uh, they got to stay behind. And Moses is clear. He says uh, in verse 25, you must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also must go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take of them and serve the Lord our God. And we do not know, and watch this, we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. Hmm. And they're coming prepared for worship. They don't know all of the things that the Lord will that will please the Lord but they know he is the one that has the right to determine how he is worshiped and, and, and be pleased in that way. Yeah. And to my heart in preparing this sermon, uh, it just applies to the Sunday morning component as well. Obviously our life of worship, yes, but on a Sunday morning gathering component, I know there's a difference in my heart when I anticipate uh, the best I can, I should say, anticipate the best I can, the obstacles are going to come up and can come with an expectant heart and uh, trust that the Lord's going to going to use that morning the songs that are selected, all those things to be able to uh, to minister and to shape me in an appropriate way. I want to give him my heart, but I also want to give him my my song with the best that I can. Yeah, uh, and that applies to the, actually the the special arrangement that you have for us this Sunday. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we have um, we're going to have a a small string ensemble, um, a, a string section, if you will, uh, in kind of an acoustic worship set this uh, this Sunday and you know the, the reason we would do that is um, you know 
we we don't want to pursue emotion, but we want to. Uh, the, there, there's something emotional and beautiful yeah. about hearing a, hearing strings sure. and that kind and of our thing. Our emotions aren't evil. We, we're, we're we're human beings. Totally, yeah, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're sure. not trying to just stir up an emotion for emotion's sake, but we are by uh, by stirring up emotions, pointing yeah. people to truth, to let them f- feel, maybe even remember a, a little bit in, in a different way, um, the Lord's faithfulness and what He's done, and so. Uh, we have been given just a huge blessing of of having a diversity of musical skills within our church, and so we're trying to find ways to open that up to to include other people that are you know that are skilled in different ways than maybe what we would say is the typical uh, worship band that we've had over sure. the past few years. And so uh, we're having some high school students that are a part of that, and uh, some college students as well. And so that'll be really uh, really a sweet time. Very good. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, it's just a privilege to be able to gather. And it's a, it's a joy to be able to hear. One of the things that's been fun from these uh, member interviews we're able to do uh, is to be able to hear from people that have been here just a few years and mm-hmm. people that have been here for many years. And yeah. Harry and Jan Vandeveer have been here for several years. You had a chance to sit down with them. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to being able to hear this interview. Yeah. So, church, y'all enjoy this. Uh, we'll see you this Sunday. But here's uh, Harry and Jan's uh, story. Well, today I have the blessing of being able to sit down with Harry and Jan Vanderveer. Thank you for being here, guys. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for for taking a little bit of time. We wanted to spend some time just to get to know you a little bit. The church, um, obviously many people in the church know you already, but the part of the blessing of of doing this is that, um, let's say there are newer folks that come to the church and they may not have met everyone yet. This is a really easy way for us to, you know, uh, introduce members of the church to the church body so that... We could grow in our knowledge of each other, and um, and then you know when we put your little picture in the in the post, then people will see, oh, that's that's them, and oh, I know, I know about a bit of their story, and so um, that's part of what this is, just to connect the body together. And so I wanted to just take a moment to kind of just start with the basics. Um, and and Harry, I'd love to, to start with you, maybe a little bit about your your upbringing, what your kind of church experience was like growing up and how you came to know Christ. Would you mind sharing that with us? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I was actually raised in a family that uh, practiced Roman Catholicism, Mm -hmm. and uh, we uh, mainly went to church with our grandparents, great-grandmother. Our parents were a little hit and miss about going regularly, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we were, myself and I have three sisters, pretty well went with the grandparents. Mm -hmm. Mainly myself and my older sister, because my two younger sisters are quite a bit younger than than the two older of us, and and uh, I think the grands were all probably deceased by the time they they came along, so they they didn't have the Roman Catholic experience. Mm-hmm. But I probably went to Roman Catholic church for roughly the first fifteen years or so of my life, mm-hmm. and uh, about that time my. My nan and my great grandmother, who uh, I was kind of her uh, knight, in that she had uh, her legs amputated due to mm. diabetes complications. Wow! And so I, uh, she always made sure I went with her to mass and to to the church and that sort of thing. And so that 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 got me going because I, I love my nana, you know. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't let her go alone. Right. So. Uh, so that was that, and then when she passed away, and then my my grandfather and grandmother died not long after that either. Um, 
didn't have the uh, the people to go with, mm-hmm. and so I I, I kind of quit going. My parents didn't make us keep keep going to Roman Catholic Church, but and so I just quit quit going to church mm-hmm. uh, of any sort mm-hmm. uh, in my mid teens, and so uh, that that's that's the background. So really, from from about fifteen to nineteen, I. I didn't have a lot of church experience. Uh, when I started college at 18, uh, I did partway through the first year, started attending a uh, Navigators mm-hmm. uh, men's uh, Christian Bible study. Uh, it was a little bit casual. I was curious. It was mainly uh, make some friendships you know, yeah. in college, that sort of thing. So. That that was uh, uh, up to that point, and then at age nineteen, uh, I just started having a, a desire to to know more about the Lord, and uh, uh, and be, began actually I took a Gideon Bible from a, a a man on campus the very first week of college, and it threw it in the back of my backpack and. And forgot about it probably for well over a year, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, I was off on a camping trip with some young men, and and uh, late one night I was rummaging through my backpack looking for a snack of some sort, and I thought, well, I've I've found a granola bar in here, and <laughs> it was the little New Testament, and uh, and at that point I just got my little flashlight out and started reading, and hmm. and uh, uh, I believe uh, the Lord just works through His Word, and, yeah, and as I I was curious when I saw the Hebrews at the top of the page. I said, Hebrews? What are the Hebrews doing in this Bible? <laughs> I grew up in a town that had a pretty large Jewish population. In fact, yeah. Jan grew up directly across the street from the local synagogue, and she lived in a neighborhood that was very close to where the majority or many of the, the Jewish people in town lived. And uh, uh, I'll let her tell you, but her best friend growing up, I guess, was uh, the rabbi's son. <laughs> and so, so I was curious. Hebrews. What are, what are Hebrews? In? I started reading the book of Hebrews, and yeah. and uh, uh, start, got near the end of it, in the twelfth chapter, and 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 was reading uh, near the beginning of the twelfth chapter that that uh, Jesus says that uh, uh, something. I won't quote it directly, but it, it, who who is uh, uh, lived and to the point of shedding blood to. Uh, for their faith, yeah, and and it was just like uh, zeroed in at that moment. All those years in Roman Catholic Church, and every room in my grandparents' home had a crucifix hmm. hanging, and they're all different. Every room was different. Some were pretty plain and ordinary, and some were quite graphic. A lot of little spots of red blood, and a lot of, obviously rather almost gory looking and for a young kid. That's, that's kind of creepy, you know. You, and <laughs> yeah. No one ever explained to me much about the crucifix and yeah. what it was all about. And just, uh, uh, but as I read those verses in in, in uh, Hebrews, it, it was like the whole Roman Catholic experience. Although it was it was very strange in my mind because they really didn't encourage a lot of Bible reading or pretty much the the priest <laughs> gave the sermon. In fact, when I was quite young. Many of the messages were in Latin. I didn't speak Latin as a mm-hmm. youngster, so uh, it really went over my head. So, uh, <laughs> but as I read those verses, the whole idea of, of uh, a perfect man shedding his blood for the sins of the world came into focus, and and it, and that at that point I became 
really wanting to seek what 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 Jesus was all about. And, yeah. And that didn't happen instantly. And I thought, I think for a long time, there has to be more to accepting Christ than, than just reading about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole Catholic experience, you, you're used to confession and penance and things like that. And so I kept thinking there must be a secret handshake or some special yeah. words I have to say or something to, to ask yeah. Jesus into my life. And I, I kept asking people that I, I would see, you know, reading their Bibles at, at the place I was working that summer. And and they'd say, no, it's not, you're making it too hard, you know. <laughs> don't, 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 you don't have to do backflips. Right. You just have to want to change and, and, and ask him to draw near to you. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so I did. Yeah. And it, it was that easy. <laughs> and, uh. Praise God. It, 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 it took it took a few months, but but uh, life's never been the same since yeah. then. Yeah. And I just have to say that that little I thought it was a granola bar Gideon Bible <laughs> made all the difference, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's that's how I came to know the Lord. That's awesome. So you you're saying you and Jan grew up in the same area, same town. And yeah. where is that? Uh, suburban Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, about an hour out of Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, we went to the Feaster same. Bill. Okay. Went to the same <laughs> junior high and high school together. We met each other, I guess, in the seventh grade, and I guess we both started playing tennis at about the same time, and got to know each other sort of as tennis buddies hmm. for several years, and be- became friends, and uh, never dated until about the last week of high school. <laughs> uh, after we had dated lots of other folks for some period of time, you know, but, but we were just, we were just buddies, you know, friends mm-hmm. and tennis chums. And, but, uh, neither of us play anymore. Uh, age is <laughs> taking care of that, but, uh, uh, but that's, that's sort of how we met and, and, uh, came to know each other. And, yeah. And, uh, it was 40, almost 50 years ago now. Wow. Yeah. So long time ago. That's cool. Well, Jan, how about you? Would you mind sharing with us a little bit of your church background and how you came to know Christ? I didn't have a church background. <laughs> well, that's great. You want to let us know about that? No, uh, actually, I did. My mom, uh, for some reason, I did not grow up in a Christian home at all. But for some reason, my mom had us all raised in the Lutheran church, hmm. my brother, my sister, and I. So, But they're considerably older, and so I was like an only child. So she took me every Sunday up to the Lutheran church, dropped me off, went to Sunday school, picked me back up. Every summer I went to Bible school, vacation Bible school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that went on all through my childhood. And um, I remember writing an autobiography. You know how you back then you had to write everything out, printing you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the very first page in that autobiography in fourth grade, I put, and I am a Christian. Hmm. I didn't even know what a Christian was. Anyway, um, but I put that because of that church influence. Hmm. But there wasn't anybody to disciple me at all. So then uh, time went on. And when I was 13, I remember specifically when I was 13, going to a movie with the church group, and we were in confirmation class at that mm-hmm. time with the priest. But this group of people went to this movie, and it was called For Pete's Sake. And I've never been able to find that movie, but 
it was pretty gruesome and scary. And I think I got scared into going down front. Mm -hmm. But somebody prayed with me. And I remember specifically that I did that. I wouldn't say, oh, maybe I was saved. I don't know. So then um, we went through confirmation class. And in the Lutheran church, you get up in front of the church and you say your vows. And then you become a member of the church. And supposedly you're you're in, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I had a lot of questions about it. And there was no one to answer. Like, they didn't want to take the time to answer your questions. They just wanted you to go through the class, memorize the stuff, get up there and join the church. Mm. And so I didn't have anybody to disciple me. And I said, well, I'm not going to get up in front of the church and say all that unless I understand it better. So I didn't. Well, then I got kicked out of the church. Mm. So then that kind of put a sour taste in my mouth for church, you know, Mm because I'd been raised in that church. So I went, I visited churches, hit or miss, um, and I would say pretty much went off the grid for years. Um, And then my family, of course, didn't go to church. They were priesters. They went Christmas and Easter. But then my dad got turned off of the church at a Christmas service when the preacher preached about the Vietnam War instead of Christmas. (laughs) And then we never went back. So that ended that. So, um, but my parents, my dad was raised Roman Catholic. My mom was Episcopalian. So, but they didn't practice. So anyway, long story short, I made him in that 15 to 19 years age group where he was out of the church was the one that we were actually friends and all. So, Hmm. uh, (laughs) so I guess it was not until we started Well, there was a Bible study at nursing school that I kind of was invited to. And the girls that were in it, I just thought were a little too straight for me, like too straight and narrow, you know, Mm -hmm. like just this is too much. So I stopped going to that. But I did go to Bible studies with our uh, Methodist minister that actually was the one that married us. Hmm. On my summer break, I went to a Bible study at his home. And so I started learning more. And then we got married in the Methodist church. He had to be baptized in the Methodist church before we could be married. And it started hitting home more, you Mm -hmm. know. And I thought I was a Christian at that point. I said, oh, we're good. But I didn't really have a turning point until I was 29. Hmm. And I'd already be in the church, doing all the jobs, already teaching, you know, the whole thing. But until we moved to the Bible Belt in Selma, Alabama, I mean, you're in deep south there. Yeah. And we moved to Selma, Alabama. That's when I think the both of us got really into uh, the church and got discipled. Mm Mm-hmm by the man that invited us to that church. And he taught our Sunday school class and started to get into the Bible and understand more about what the Bible was and started to go Bible studies and hmm. and all of that. So I called it a rededication because I, you know, at that point, because it was never black yeah. and white for me at sure, the yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. God saved me. I heard a preacher once say that it was called, and I don't know where he got this word from, provenient grace. But it's like the grace that goes before you, like God is 
protecting you and wooing you and keeping you, you know, but you're not there yet, you know, and there were plenty of times that God protected me and Mm -hmm. a lot of situations in my teen years that Mm -hmm. really could have been bad, like bad. (laughs) And it wasn't like he got me out of all of that. So, but I would say it was probably um, a pig farmer from, where was Grady from? Bermuda, Alabama. Bermuda, Alabama. A pig farmer that was one of the most godly men I've ever met in my life. Mm. That That's when I really accepted the Lord and knew that the Holy Spirit was real, that mm. whole situation that weekend and everything. So, mm. yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, y'all. Um, how did you How did you end up? Um, well, when did you get married, and then and then how did you end up in Nacogdoches, and <laughs> okay. and then in turn, how did you end up at Grace Bible well, we Church? Got married, got married in uh, nineteen seventy eight, June tenth. So. Good Methodist job, Methodist Church. Yeah. Methodist Church. That's right. Um, we attended uh, about six weeks, and it was over several months because I we went to. She went to college in Philadelphia. I went to school at Penn State, which is about 250 miles away. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get back home very often, just a, once or twice a semester maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But we did uh, go through a series of uh, six or seven premarital uh, counseling sessions with mm-hmm. the pastor at the church. That we Same were, pastor I did the Bible we, study we with that in. summer. And uh, so, so I, he had a big influence I on came my back life for the, all those appointments. And he literally spent the first five of six weeks, I would say, telling us, and we were young. I was 19. Jane was. Uh, no, we were older than that. No, I, I was 20. She was almost 21. And uh, uh, anyway, he, he spent the first five weeks probably talking, telling us all the pitfalls of getting married so young. And. Uh, <laughs> And so really trying to talk us out of it, you yeah. know, and, and uh, I don't think any of our parents were really doing that, but, uh, but he was, and, but we kept coming back for the pre, premarital counseling sessions. And then finally, about the sixth well, week... Well, they were requi- were required. <laughs> about the sixth week, he says, oh, y'all have done really good, and you made it this far. He said, now I'm going to tell you all the good, good things. Then he told us that he got married quite young, and he yeah. and his wife were young, and, and all that, and so he was, he was speaking from some experience, and... and uh, uh, I mean, it, was, it was eye-opening, I guess, in a way. But yeah. uh, but anyway, uh, so we, we completed the premarital counseling and and uh, finally did get married. And, and uh, But we never really went to church until we had kids. Yeah, not consistently, yeah. Because Selma's when we had yeah, kids. Yeah, and we started having uh, kids. That's yeah. True. And so how did you end up in Texas? <laughs> uh, job change. Uh, we, yeah, we, we were from... Pennsylvania. Then we actually moved to North Carolina. I went to graduate school in North Carolina, and then moved from there to Alabama. Lived there a number of years, and and then moved from Alabama to Georgia. Again, a number of years, about a dozen years there. And the job in Georgia ended, and and I was a forester for about almost thirty years, and hmm. and a job was open in Alto, just about thirty minutes from here, mm-hmm. and uh, I took a job with Texas A and M over in Alto. Hmm. And that's what moved us to Texas. Uh, had no idea. Uh, Jan's a nurse. Uh, all her nursing licenses were in other states that were not in Texas. So we, we moved here. Uh, 
let's see. But I was homeschooling. Yeah, we, we Jan homeschooled our uh, our three daughters uh, in Alabama for no, Georgia. Or Georgia for about eleven or twelve years, and and uh, we moved from Georgia to to Texas. Uh, one of our daughters was already married, and so she stayed in Georgia. Both of our daughters. The other one was about to get married, and so no, she was, and she was married was, before we left. She, that's right. She did get married right before we left, and uh, so when we moved here, we just had one one our youngest daughter, Natalie, was the only one that moved to Texas with us. The other two stayed in Georgia, and uh, uh, that's what brought us to Texas. Uh, and then again, a job change. Uh, the job in Alto ended about uh, 2008. And uh, Jan had a really good nursing job in uh, Nacogdoches. And so we decided to move to, from Alto to Nacogdoches, bought a house here, and, and uh, f- visited a few other churches, mainly Methodist churches, when we first moved here, tried out some Methodist churches. Didn't really feel that letter called in any of them, didn't, didn't feel a... Uh, well, first off, we talked all about Methodists. We're Methobaptists. Because we left the Methodist Church for a deep south southern Southern Baptist Church, southern Baptist Church in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we're Methobaptists. That's <laughs> what I love. You know, I'm, I'm, I love Methobatholic. Yeah. Lutheran. Methobaptist Lutheran. That's what I love. You know, one of the, I'll just interject here for a second. That's one of the things I actually love about our church is yeah. that there are, a, there are just an, and an I do eclectic, know a lot about Judaism too, because ec- I grew up with the, yeah. the rabbi's son. It's, it's an eclectic group of backgrounds, you know, which yeah. is really interesting, but I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, I don't know where it was. We're so you moved, you moved, you oh, moved to Nacogdoches moved to Nacogdoches and, and moved here and, and uh, um, just been here. Been it, here since 2000. Well, we ended up here because Natalie and Caleb right. got married Mm-hmm. Right. And right before, um, yeah. right before, yeah. So we wanted to be a family, so we all came here, and then we stayed. And he, they moved on because he was looking to do music in churches, and mm-hmm. so he took a job with a Christian church for Christian, Christian, yeah. And then he ended up at New Hope, New Hope Congregational, Congregational Methodist. Methodist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we didn't follow them because we'd already planted here and yeah. kind of. Like, connect with like the people here. And, and yeah, Milton, yeah we group. rehearsed in um, Milton Dodson. Milton Dodson. Milton Milton Dodson were um, doing a Sunday school class. And that was great. Was very good. And they had and small then group. Then small group. We ended up in the Dodson small group and, with mm-hmm. the Harrisons the and Alexanders and Shunrocks and, and yeah, John. Yeah. So there were a bunch Shunrock. of folks that we got to know real well there. Yeah. And uh, so, like so we coming. just felt planted. Yeah. It was difficult for us here for a lot of years, except for that little. I would say that small groups is the way to go when you're in a big church mm-hmm. because you can't possibly know everybody. And we never felt connected in ministry here. And we'd always been super active in ministry because we've only been in tiny churches and they always needed people to help. And here it was like, Oh, they got it all going on. There's really no nothing to do, you know, for us, you know. Yeah. And um, so we didn't really do anything until several years here. Well, for a couple of years, we got involved with Cross Point. 
Mm-hmm. Cross Point, we did serve. Yeah, we did. When they did meals cooking, every single every Sunday, Sunday yeah. night, we, we did a lot. Team. Yeah, we were on the cooking team. And, uh, and that, that was Russell heading it up. So, yep. yeah. And uh, we did that pretty pretty consistently. And then at some point, uh, I don't know what the driver was, but we, I think it was when they were maybe tooling up the pre K program. program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, at Chris, that point, we may have only had one. Christy Caudill was doing it, I think. Yeah, I think she. Was yeah, with it. we had the like the original ones. <laughs> yeah, they're all teens now. <laughs> well, no, they're not quite. But well, it was Bobby Austin's Emma was in it, and uh, that age group. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Because I have a Taylor boy. Martin. Taylor Martin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't she just turn thirteen or something? Oh, I don't know. I think she did. Taylor 13? Martin? No, no, she's not that no, old. Not that she's, old. Ten, she's eight or nine. Okay, well, yeah. she, no, she's older than Jovi. Jovi's nine, so yeah. she's. Oh, she's in her class. Yeah, she's eight. She's eight in nine. her class. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that was our original. So it's group. been cool to kind of be able to see those kids grow yeah. up and be they able to remember them. Yeah. yeah. They have no memory from being <laughs> one year old. Yeah. They don't have yeah. memories we at that age. You'll talk to them and they don't. Speak to Miss James. Speak to Mr. Harry. They look at us like, who are those strangers? Stranger danger. So, so if you could, if you could tell me, um, you know, I know that maybe over the years you guys have had some, some health issues and some things along the, you know, you have life in general is just full of, you know, things that are hard. Job losses. Um, yeah. And so. Multiple job losses. How have you seen <laughs> the church um, care for you? Like how in the middle of those things um, was was Grace Bible Church a part of, you know, your life and those and those um, struggles? We'll see. Well, it's been powerful. The prayers have been great. I've had uh, both hips replaced. And I know during those times, there's a, a period of a couple of months of rehabilitation, learning to walk again with yeah. artificial hips and that sort of thing. That was over about a three-year period. I had that those procedures done. And, mm. uh, but I was in some men's Bible studies, and men would come to my house and do the studies at the house. Uh, I know Gene Cagle uh, came to my home and, and gave me communion at home, you know, mm-hmm. when I was not able to get out yet, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, th- those were powerful uh, witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gene was a um, powerful witness anyway, even through all our... Yeah, he's, he's been our surgeon for a few things over yeah, the years. But yeah, but he's always prayed over us. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's been... And I've been in, I did the um, class Roman did mm-hmm. on the... Sir uh, leader training? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was in Gene's group, so I really got to know him and Nancy real well mm. during that. Yeah. Even beyond him just <clears throat> being our marvelous surgeon. <laughs> yeah. He's cut on me too. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's great. He's probably cut on everybody in Nacogdoches, it seems like. Well, that. he didn't necessarily <laughs> do my surgeries because mine were involved, but he prayed over them and... Yeah you know, made the recommendations and helped me through everything. Yeah, so yeah. he was like the back backup support, like yeah. seriously backup support. So, but yes, we have had a lot of health issues over the years and, um, and financial issues. We've had one time where the church actually, our small group people came through and, and helped us out mm. financially because yeah. 
losing jobs and stuff. And medical yeah. setbacks, too. That we had costly. so many medical bills, and then he was forced to retire because of his health. And mm. that was pretty much your last major full-time job. Yeah. 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 And then we were in a small group, and they helped us out financially. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome. That's cool. Well, yeah, I just want to let you know that you're a blessing to to my family and to this church. And, you know, I thank you so much for for serving, for giving of your life. And of course, you know, you've been able to see how the church is also bearing your burdens. I appreciate, you know, you, you being transparent and, and sharing, you know, some of the, the struggles you've had that the church is going to help you yeah, walk through. Yeah, prayer is the biggest. Prayer yeah. is a biggie because, you know, we got the ladies group that prays, you know, and the yeah. needs go out and yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. What a, what a blessing it is to, to take the concerns of our brothers and sisters to the Lord and, um, to be able to to see to see him, you know, provide and to see mm-hmm. him minister through through the body is uh, is a huge blessing. So, well, anyway, I wanted to let you know that that we as a church love you and and thank you so much for just sharing a little bit of your story with the, with the church so that we could, you know, th- there's lots of new people here, you know, now yeah. and, and people are are coming in and it's a blessing for them to be able to get to know you know people quickly and so this is an avenue to do that. So. Just wanted to tell you thank you for well, thank taking the time you to share. Having us. I've enjoyed yeah. watching the podcast. I've, I've I've learned about people and yeah, got to meet people through 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 that. It's a good good way to start a conversation with with them. And yeah, say hi. I listen to your podcast. Yeah, and now you're a part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>